You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 298 of Podcateers. This week, we welcome back our pal Jason, host of the Glassblowers Companion and FBI Disney Podcasts. And among a few other things, we talk about the biggest news of last week, which was Bob Iger stepping down as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company. We'd love to hear your thoughts about these changes, and you can join the conversation over on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Just search for Podcateers or leave a comment on the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 298. We'll share some of your comments in an upcoming episode. March Mayhem has officially begun. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram so that you can vote. Voting is happening through our Instagram stories. It happens for 24 hours per matchup, and then we'll post the winner. You can always go to Pocketeers.com. You'll see the March Mayhem banner in the blog post area. Check out the current winners and the upcoming matches. There's an entire schedule there that you can follow. We're going to be updating that daily so that you know exactly who's winning, who's coming ahead, and hopefully it's maybe your pick. We're going to get this podcast going in just a minute, but before we do, we'd like to thank FreshBooks for their support in sponsoring this episode. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help freelancers and small business owners like us get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, head over to gofreshbooks.com slash podcateers. And if they ask, hey, how'd you hear about us? Make sure that you enter podcateers. That's P-O-D-K-E-T-E-E-R-S. And of course, finally, before we get this going, we'd like to send a huge thank you to the FGP Squad. If you're new to the podcast, the FGP Squad is an awesome group of listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. And it's that support that helped make these episodes happen. If you want more info on how you can join the FGP Squad, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more info. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, a huge thank you, thank you, thank you goes out to all of you for your continued support. So let's get this thing underway, shall we? Here is episode 298 of Podcateers. Dude, it's been such a long time since we've had you on. Like, the last time you were on, you were an unmarried man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, Julie and I were kind of, we weren't just started talking, but we kind of were. And she was actually asking me that today, like, how long it had been. I was like, well, I think since Endgame came out and we did the whole Marvel recap. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fantastic. It's uh, we had a, a really great response from a lot of people that had a chance to listen to that episode. So thank you for being awesome. on that episode. And I'm glad that you're finally on with us again. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I can, uh, you know, do all kind of promotional stuff and uh, take advantage of the platform. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So tell us, <laughs> you yourself, you know, you do the glass work. You've had your own podcast talking about glass art and stuff. Uh, what are you doing with your wife now? We've mentioned it in the past, but why don't you give us the elevator pitch for it now? Yeah, totally. So her and I uh, created and came up with an idea to do a, a kind of an unadulterated, uh, explicit Disney podcast where we can 
let the F-bombs fly and uh, share our opinions about things out there in the world of Disney. But uh, her and I are both big Disney nerds in general. So, like, I would say probably within a week of us talking, because uh, we both do our, did our podcast, which was in the initial kind of uh, connection that we had, besides uh, me making Figment at Disney. Um, she was like, hey, yeah, I've always wanted to have a she podcast that I, I can actually cuss on, because she does a Disney food podcast, and they're, uh, it's for all ages. And I was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, we should call it Effie at Disney. And she's like, I think that's a great idea. And I was just actually kind of kidding when I said it. And <laughs> within like 30 minutes, she had a logo and graphic and everything already created. And uh, <laughs> it's been Good going job. good since. Yeah, she does, besides being a pastry chef, she also does graphic arts. And she was, I mean, literally is like the missing piece of my puzzle. It's uh, Aww. super <laughs> crazy. And just how things just all came together. Yeah, it's just uh, life is very strange. Wow. But we have a blast. Like we both have a very similar personality. And uh, through the podcast, it, it, we first had to record in separate areas, mostly from her calling me on the phone like I'm doing with you guys right now, um, except we're individually kind of behind the scenes. We're, we're recording our own audio, so we have the best quality audio. And I told her that's what I wanted her to be able to do as well. So I kind of coached her on how to set up herself, even though she was already doing her own podcast, but how then to do the audio, give it to me, I can then mix everything down. And then it sounds like her and I are in the same room. So when we got a chance to actually record in person, it was very surreal for that first episode. But we also had to figure out like, okay, how are we going to do this so that your mic isn't picking up me and my mic isn't picking up you? It was like a whole new dichotomy mm -hmm. for us. And uh, we have, man, we have so much fun. It's just some of the stuff that we do. We, we share our Disney adventures and our journeys. Uh, I'm a big Disney historian nerd, so I should do a lot of history. She does all the food coverage. And then uh, we've been slowly putting together some series, like which you guys actually inspired uh, me to want to do, is focus on some very specific stuff within Disney. Uh, so with this new year, we're we're starting a new series on the uh, basically the expansion of New Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom. Very cool. And we're gonna do our first episode, kind of covering the basics of how that came to be, and then breaking it down to each individual ride that it was either closed or replaced or what have you. And all the controversy that was behind it, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like they had toad-ins, and people were protesting, and there was all this kind of things going on. There's a whole behind-the-scenes uh, kind of story with 20,000 Leagues, which kind of will tie us into today's episode, talking about the Jungle Cruise uh, <laughs> thing. Because yeah. uh, I have some conspiracy theories of my own based on some of the stuff that I've read about how 20,000 Leagues eventually uh, was closed for us. So, anyways enough rambling that's kind of uh, what we're doing so we have a lot of fun we're trying to do it bi-weekly but because of life it doesn't always work out that way and uh you know yeah oh i totally know man it i it's difficult for us to get together sometimes like gavin's been traveling excessively uh he's been missing a lot of episodes you know as his workload has grown and his responsibilities mm -hmm. have grown at work and so his yeah. the times that he's available we're not available and so it just <clears throat> I I hate to I hate to be the reason he's not on sometimes, but I, since I'm the one that edits the podcast, it's kind of crucial for me to listen and be a part of the conversation so that I know what the final edit's gonna be like. Because yeah, totally. he and Mel have always offered, well, we'll record it. I was like, but then I don't know what I'm getting into, and it's gonna take me longer. <laughs> and I, I know that once we kind of, 
you know, cross that bridge because it's eventually going to happen. You know, there's eventually going to be an episode where I've joked with people that I've always wanted to hit a thousand episodes, not miss one, and then finally just take a step back. But I mean, we're a far reach from a thousand right now. And at some point, I may have to loosen up on that rule. And uh, I'm okay with it. But in the meantime, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to be easier if we ever get someone to come in and help us with the editing process. Until then, I kind of have to know what's being said so that I know how to edit it uh, overall. But Well, that's what I was going to jump in and say. You know, I could always be the guest host again and then just edit the show. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, that's actually fantastic. You know why? Because we have conversations on the side, and I always enjoy kind of nerding out on Disney with you. I always mention you in conversation, and I just keep thinking, why don't we have Jason on more frequently? I mean, even though we're three hours apart, I thankfully, you've always made it work for us, and I am very appreciative of that. So once uh-huh. again, thank you for being here with us today. But I, I think yeah, especially yeah. with Gavin's work situation, I would love to have you on more frequently, man. Yeah, I'm all about it. And, and also, you know, if you guys are down too, Julie can come on too, and kind of her and I can kind of share the space with you guys that. it's always wonderful to and then vice more, versa uh, yeah oh dude i'd love to be on there look there's been times that i've <clears throat> i mean look if you know me in real life like you've you've been subject to this you know my tongue <laughs> can lash out at times and well that's the that's the point man i want to give you a place where you can actually <laughs> let them fly and you know we're very family friendly so i don't let that happen here obviously because my boys listen to this podcast but uh overall yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do tend to use some very colorful words, and at times it's frustrating. But it, no one's, yeah, no one's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny though, man, with, like with our show, it, it actually took me a while to to get used to being okay just to let, let the F bombs fly. So, I mean, literally, probably like four or five episodes say, in, I'm still saying five, yeah. freaking, you know, and all of a sudden I was like, and then, you know, me and Julie were just like, whatever. But it's fun, too, because we <laughs> drink. And usually by the end of the interview or chat, it's like three hours long because we're laughing so much. <laughs> or, or she's actually falling asleep in the middle of us recording. <laughs> and I started off one of our episodes of just her snoring. <gasps> yeah. Because we always have something within the episode that we start the, the show off with, like our little, <laughs> our little preview thing. And I was doing my Haunted Mansion read, and I literally all of a sudden I hear... <laughs> No. And her face is buried in the mic, dude, snoring. It was so funny. So I opened up the show with her snoring. Wow. <laughs> I better make sure I don't fall asleep while recording with you. <laughs> That's what you know. It's right? love. Right? Oh, yeah. And she was cool with it. You know? But yeah, so anyway, so it's just kind of funny how it works. Because, you know, being Disney and being that I'm a cast member, I am very family friendly when it comes to my conversations. Even though I do say some things, like we had a guest the other day uh, from Australia who let me know that she was from Australia. And I said, oh, let's throw another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> right? And I was like, this is like the most stereotypical American thing that we say. And she starts laughing. She's like, I can't eat shellfish anyway, so it's <laughs> That's okay. That's funny. And then she mentioned how like, she said that she had lost her flip-flop, but she referred to it as a thong. Because in Australia, their flip-flops are thongs. And she's like, oh, I dropped my thong. And she turned around and some lady kind of was like, kind of embarrassed <laughs> that she had said thong. Oh, man. So we were laughing about the thong conversation. <laughs> At Disney. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we recently had some friends over from Australia as well. I felt so bad because 
you know, I shared some of the stuff that we have going on in our life right now. And unfortunately, that prevented me from heading down to the park to see them. So quick shout out to Mel and Ron for the recent trip that I'm so sorry I wasn't able to go and say hello. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the vernacular is, is very different. And some things do sound mm. uh, a little funny to us, but to them, it's commonplace. You know, they use it on a daily basis, but it's okay. Uh, is Julie still doing her food podcast? Yep. Yeah. So since she moved, uh, they got... Uh, Amy set up to then so she can record her audio like the way I kind of had them doing with with her and I doing it from a distance, um, and then I I actually gave them my her my old mixer that I had. Oh, cool! And but unfortunately, about four and a half years ago, five years ago, when I first started my show, uh, the dog I had at the time knocked a gigantic large glass of Sprite onto my mixer. No. Yeah, so I thought I got it all cleaned out, but I guess over the years it just. The stuff within the soda, even though I mean I cleaned it out really good. I actually found a guy online, I uh, was a DJ, and he said somebody spilt a beer into his mixer, and this is how he cleaned it out. So just over the years, just the sugars and crap just ate it all up. So they tried recording two weeks ago, and the audio was garbage. Oh, no. So, um, so once she gets a new mixer, then they'll be back to doing their shows. But yeah, because there's a lot going on, especially with us. I know you guys have food and wine starting right now. So, you know, we have a flower and garden around the corner. So, and again, like you're saying, the East Coast West Coast things, man. There's, you know, we have different things going on at different times, and I think it'd be fun to kind of kind of cover all of the the gamut of what's going on within yeah, the world of Disney game. with each other. Totally game. Yeah. Okay, so you alluded to it just a little while ago. Let's kind of jump into that uh, because yeah. Jungle Cruise boats. Earlier this week, we got an alert that mm -hmm. a Jungle Cruise boat was sinking. There was this huge panic, and, uh, you know, understandably so. If you're not familiar with the waters inside of the Jungle Cruise, some people may not know that they're only two or three feet deep. So there's not... Yeah. There isn't yeah. very far for that boat to go. But the video that I saw, you know, people were trying to climb up, and I guess they thought the boat was going to completely sink. Um, first thoughts on this? Well, for starters, it was a it was a cold day in it was a cold day in Florida. That's horrible. And Ooh. by cold, I mean like sixties. So knowing that, if I was on the boat and my feet were wet, I would not have been too happy because I'd have had to walk around all day with wet, cold feet. Ooh, man. Yeah. So the only thing I saw that was just like. I'm starting to giggle, and I can't, I'm trying not to stop. I'm trying to stop, I should say. Um, all the puns, all the puns in the style mm -hmm. of the attraction was coming out to play, and it's like, mm -hmm. how can you, you just you just mm -hmm. laugh? I mean, it stinks what happens, but oh yeah. my gosh, creative yep. minds at work. <laughs> yeah, Twitter with the Twitter dis 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 Twitter was going nuts with like the eighth wonder of the world, you know. <laughs> The under, yeah. underside of water and all this other crap, you know, it's just so funny. I, for me personally, like I've I've gotten an opportunity to recently be evacuated off Pirates, and it was incredible. Like we got uh, we got to get evacuated in the show scene where like all the drunks are in the in the area oh, wow. and the guy nice. with the muddy foot hang is hanging off. And yeah, it was a pretty cool experience for us. Um, just as a the, our boat itself, because uh, we learned, which I don't know if those listening don't know this, but cast members are only allowed to walk within certain ranges of the ride within the water. And arch, there's archways that go from scene to scene, and they're not allowed to pass, for some reason, past these archways. And our boat, um, we were probably three boats from going up the ramp to get off the execute. 
and um, we were two boats basically away from the cast member. So as a team, one of the guys in our boat became our kind of our row leader. And we all were like, all right, everybody forward, everybody backwards. And we eventually were able to scoot our boat back in the water enough to where the cast member could grab our boat and then evacuate oh, wow. us out. So that wow. being said, I, I thought it would have been in, so we got to go see all the scenes and I mean, it was rad. But I, I think it'd be pretty fun to get evacuated off of the Jungle Cruise just to be able to be on the stage and in the, the real environment of what is the Jungle Cruise and to see what's all going on. I don't on. know. It would be scary with all those wild animals around me. <laughs> That's what people were <laughs> laughing about, too. Yeah, and, and those damn elephants. Yeah. They're all naked. Yeah, so, I mean, look, <laughs> uh, like I said, if you don't know that the water is a couple feet deep, obviously, yes, you're going to freak out, right? And so I think, right. first and foremost, really, it was up to the people there and the cast members to say, hey, don't worry, your feet might get wet, but it's only a couple feet deep. And like you said, as far as... Mm-hmm. You know, the the nuisance of having wet clothing and wet shoes. I think I don't know if Disney did anything for these people as far as providing them with, you know, thongs or flip flops you know, for the sake of walking <laughs> around in, in uh, footwear that was not wet. Uh, or if they gave them big Mickey and yep. Minnie slippers mm-hmm. so they can walk around in those. I don't know. Right. You know, but Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a horrible experience to think that your boat is in the process of sinking and then realizing that yeah. a bunch of people caught it on camera and nothing happened. Yeah, I think yeah. the worst probably part of it is like, you know, when you're at, when you're at Disney and you're on vacation, your day is planned mm-hmm. out from your fast passes oh, yeah. to your, your restaurant reservations, like everything. And they were on there. They were stuck on this thing yeah. for like an hour and a half or something like that. they were saying. So, you know, an hour and a half into your day, that's a potential couple of rides you're missing out on or dinner reservations. And I know when we got stuck on Pirates, uh, it was at the very end of the night, right before the transition going from uh, the daytime to Mickey's uh, hol- uh, the holiday Christmas party. So um, because of that, people were missing the, the events for the Christmas stuff, too. And all the, all the Disney really did for us, they gave us all a Fast Pass voucher and uh, a bottle of water. And said, don't take any pictures. And, of course, we took all nice. kind of video and pictures <laughs> of everything. Yeah, I understand the whole don't take pictures because they don't want them to ruin the magic. But, I mean, if this is happening yeah. to you, of course you're going to want to take pictures. This doesn't happen every day. You know, those are those are behind uh-huh. the photos that are generally reserved for Imagineers and certain cast members that work on the attraction that have to go clean things up after. Uh, so, of course, yep. you know, you're, you're going to be curious to to take those photos and then to chronicle <laughs> what's happening and, and share it with people, you know, later <coughs> text. Message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> so here's my uh, conspiracy theory, which ties into what we were saying earlier uh, when we first were chit and chatting. Uh, so backing up to when 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, closed, initially it closed for refurbishment, was, which was going to be a short time thing. Very similar to the people mover slash, uh, you know, rip ride and rockets, whatever you guys want to call that thing that you guys had there. That, you know, it was closed for refurbishment and then just never reopens. Oh, rocket so twi- rides? Yeah, rocket rides. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. So 20,000 Leagues was supposed to be the same thing. It was supposed to be closed for like two weeks and then they're going to reopen it and blah, blah, blah. Well, supposedly from what I was reading, uh, within Disney, uh, not only just the maintenance, but the cast members, it was constantly having to be updated and fixed and things were just an old ride. And the maintenance was really a high cost. And so, from what I understand, whoever was in charge of the manager, quote-unquote, lead of that ride, and some of the cast members um, did their, their updates, 
the president at the time of, of Magic Kingdom was supposed to go on a joyride just to test this thing out to see how it worked. And supposedly, the rumor is, is that they actually sabotaged the one submarine that he went on. Uh, they brought a hose in there and they flooded the floor to make it look what? like it was actually leaking water. And all these things, yeah, and all this maintenance stuff that had to continuously be done. So when this guy came on the sh- on the submarine, they didn't even go on the on the actual test run. He just came on this thing and saw the mess, and that was when he basically gave the go ahead to keep the ride closed for good. And uh, so that got me thinking with the Jungle Cruise and with this new movie coming out, and with the update of Pirates incorporating the the new movie with you know with Jack Sparrow and stuff. And just wouldn't it be something else if they were just doing this? Some people think it's a publicity stunt for the movie. But this ride is old. It's been around since the park opened up. There's been some basic updates, but not much. And the animatronics are old, everything else. So potentially, maybe Disney's sabotaging themselves, quote-unquote, to close this ride down, to update it to a modern version of it, to incorporate The Rock and whoever else that's going to be in this next movie series, you know? Interesting theory. Wait, didn't you call that out? Uh, I mean, a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I joked about like, it. It was kind of a tongue-in-cheek hmm. comment that something would happen <laughs> and that somehow we would end up incorporating The Rock into the Jungle Cruise. But, you know, uh, yeah. again, I don't know. It's it's a huge leap, right? <laughs> but we've seen Disney do other yeah. stranger things, one of which we're going to be talking about momentarily. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are planning on adding the rock to the Jungle Cruise, and he's going to take the place of Trader Sam somehow. I I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, it, <laughs> I've gone by there, and I've smelled what Trader Sam is cooking, and I don't think I'm going to like it as much as whatever the rock <laughs> is cooking. You know, so. He's uh, got all the all the people's eyebrows hanging on ropes. And they're, they're <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's going to teach all of the animals the people's eyebrow. <laughs> And then it's just going to become the Jungle Cruise eyebrow. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> so awesome. We just need to we, – we're going to have to wait this out and see. Yeah. I mean, if it closes down mysteriously, then we're going to know that something is obviously going on. Yeah, definitely. Right? Oh, side note, by the way. Hmm? Uh, I saw this last weekend. Uh, as you know, here in California, the Haunted Mansion is currently down because they're removing the holiday overlay for Nightmare Before Christmas, and they're transitioning back to the regular mansion. And there was a lot of photos on Instagram and Twitter saying, this is unacceptable, Disney, because the all of the metal scaffolding was up, but it wasn't covered up at the top, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people were just saying that that was irresponsible, that it was horrible, that how dare they do this. And I thought, wait a second, weren't there 60-mile-per-hour winds that day? I'm pretty sure that just the the same way that they take the umbrellas out or they close the umbrellas when it's super windy, mm-hmm. that they would have the same measures uh, for an attraction that has scaffolding that high so that it doesn't parachute and somehow knock something over. So yeah. I think I personally think that it was more of a safety precaution more than anything else. But, oh, man, uh, people were angry. I'm silly Disney people. <laughs> I swear. Everybody loves Disney and they hate it all at the same time. I swear sometimes it's just, I don't get it. That's just the way we are. We're spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> all you APs. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way we are. 
All right. <laughs> so before we jump into our main topic, uh, I do want to remind you that we have officially started March Mayhem. We're actually recording this episode just before we start March Mayhem. So by the time you listen to this, we'll be a couple days into it already. So let's just ooh and ah at the first couple of matchups, shall we? Ooh, can't yeah. believe it went that way. Oh, wow. Ah. Ooh, wow. Obviously, we're going to talk about those matchups next week, but uh, we shared a lot of predictions this last weekend, and it looks like the two front runners to win the entire thing are currently Snow White and the Little Mermaid. Uh, Jason, yes. who do you think is going to take March Mayhem this year? Uh, Zootopia. I mean, is that like a legit answer, or <laughs> no. are, you, are you giving me like your... <laughs> I'm actually bringing up your all's Instagram real quick just so I can see it. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know, man. It's so it's hard to say. I'm I'm a huge fan of the old classics, the golden the golden era. Um, Peter Pan for me in the Silver Era is, is is one that could go far, uh, but the Snow Whites or the Pinocchios or the Fantasia potentially because it was a new type of thing. Um, I don't know. I just recently saw Princess and the Frog finally, and I hate admitting that, but it's something I will admit. Hey, I loved it. Than never. Fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah. I was blown away by the just the animation style, just the shadows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but Zootopia for sure is one of my favorite uh, Disney movies. Uh, Moana is really good too, being being the newer uh, style. Um, Little Mermaid for sure in the Renaissance time. And but I mean, for me, my all-time favorite Disney movie still to this day is Aladdin. Okay. So I'm gonna have to root for Aladdin just because. Now that I've actually seen the lineup here, okay, uh, fair so enough. I'm gonna, fair I'm enough. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for Jafar. Right <laughs> on, Aladdin, very strong contender. I mean, it's hard to argue that any of the films on here aren't strong contenders, right? Mm -hmm. right. And part of creating this bracket, you know, when I was talking to Gavin about it, he's really good at seeding stuff. Like this is totally up gavin's alley so mm -hmm. putting this bracket together like you should have seen him he was like a little kid just giddy at a <laughs> at, at a candy store when this happened yeah. but i mean obviously we're gonna try to go with some of our favorites i actually didn't go with one of my favorites uh i actually predicted that i think cinderella is gonna take the whole thing primarily because it's cinderella's 70th anniversary and one could argue that Gavin's <laughs> choice could also win it because it's Pinocchio's 80th anniversary. But I think Cinderella just has the princess power behind that, you know, IP that I think could actually bring this whole thing for, for the W. Melissa would argue that Sleeping Beauty has the same princess power behind her that, you know, she could take the entire thing. But as far as I can see, the two top contenders so far... Uh, as far as listeners are concerned, are Snow White and the Little Mermaid. Mm. Which is weird. I So looking at the brackets, and I've said, oh, yeah, Cinderella's going to take it. Um, I totally forgot about Fantasia mm -hmm. and Mickey. And what happened last time? I know. Who took it? I, I was just like, oh, my God. Fantasia ended up going all the way, not to the very end because I'm still Team Aurora. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, it threw me off, and I'm like, yeah, taking back it's what tough. I said. <laughs> yeah. It really is, because, I mean, I'm even just kind of breaking it down right now, and, like, so I go between, yeah. say, Snow White and Pinocchio. It's like, well, Snow White's my favorite princess, 
still I still stalk her at Epcot whenever I can. <laughs> it's funny on Facebook. Um, one of our listeners, listener Brian, shout out to Brian, mentioned to me in our Facebook post. You know, I'm surprised that you didn't go with Beauty and the Beast because you know that's my favorite film. Bill's my favorite princess, and when I was going through the bracket, I really thought about who do I think could actually win this? Like I, I love Beauty and the Beast, but looking at the popularity of the different princesses and the different movies that are on here, I really do feel that Cinderella has a much higher percentage of possibly winning this thing. So if somebody said, you have to put money on this one, who do you think is going to win? I, I think I made the right choice. I could be wrong, but ultimately, just kind of looking historically, she's been around longer. I think more more children tend to dress like Cinderella more than they do as Belle. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I guess we'll see at the end of the tournament to see if I was right. I guess right after the first couple of rounds, I'll know if I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys are interested, make sure you head over to podcasters.com slash March Mayhem 2020 to check out the bracket. Every day we're going to be updating it with the winners and the percentages of those wins. If you want to vote, make sure that you're following us on Instagram. We are at Podcateers. And uh, every single day, 24 hours from 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, one day to the next day, you'll be able to vote for your favorite. Uh, voting will be happening Monday through Friday and kind of into Saturday because of the time frame that we're having the voting happen on Friday. Uh, but if you guys have any questions, make sure to hit us up. Join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. If you have any questions about the tournament itself, please make sure to reach out and we'll be happy to help you out, help you with the voting. Uh, we can't help you with the winner. If you guys have your own money going on this, we can't help you because we don't know. That's the wonderful thing about something like yep. this, that it's going to happen <laughs> live in front of all of us. It's not Memorex to bring it all back to the 80s. Or was that 90s? Uh, was 90s? it 90s? Hmm. Who cares? That's okay. I just secluded a large part of our fan base, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in a moment, we're <laughs> going to be talking about one of the biggest pieces of news that happened this last week, and that was Bob Iger stepping down as CEO of the Disney company, and we are going to be talking about that when we come back. Today's episode is brought to you with support from FreshBooks. You know, many years ago, I started doing some freelance work, taking photos for businesses, realtors, engagement sessions, and family photos. One thing that I always struggled with, though, was finding a good solution for invoicing, and that's where FreshBooks came in. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help freelancers and small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. They offer super simple solutions that let you create and send professional-looking invoices in seconds. On top of that, FreshBooks offers great ways to track time worked, create estimates and quotes, you can run reports to see how you're doing, process payments, and if you ever have any questions, their award-winning support team is there to help. If you're always on the move, don't worry, FreshBooks also has easy-to-use mobile apps for iOS and Android. 
Getting started with FreshBooks is extremely simple. You can try it free for 30 days by going to gofreshbooks.com slash podcateers. You can also find a link in the post for this episode on our website. Also, make sure to enter podcateers if they ask you how did you hear about us. If you're looking for a way to help your business grow, help you with invoicing and billing, get organized and more, FreshBooks is there to help. So give it a shot and check out some of the great features that FreshBooks has to offer. That link again is gofreshbooks.com slash podcateers. It's time to get back to the show, but we'd like to thank FreshBooks for their support. Okay, so thank you very much to our sponsor. Uh, Again, this last week, Bob Iger made a huge announcement that apparently sent shockwaves through the internet and the entire Disney community as he decided to end his tenure as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Bob Iger has been around for over 45 years uh, as part of Disney and ABC. Obviously, ABC was acquired by the Disney Company, Um, but uh, he's essentially been CEO for over 15 years. And he was already scheduled to step down as a CEO later or late next year in 2021. But 14 to 15 months prior to that happening, kind of randomly, last Tuesday morning, uh, we got the announcements that he decided to step down. And not only did he decide to step down, but he also decided to name Bob Chapek his successor. Uh, obviously, that also, as you would say, Jason, it lit up Diz Twitter uh, because there's been a yep. lot of choices that Bob Chapek has made, which we'll talk a little bit about in a moment, that Diz Twitter has definitely not liked. Uh, but overall, what was your first reaction to finding out that Bob Iger stepped down? Just thrown off. Yeah, it was just out of the blue. And um, I don't know. I, I kind of thought about... You know, okay, sure, he was going to, you know, step down next year. I was thinking maybe because he had, you know, what was the last thing that was he was working on was uh, Galaxy's Edge. So I was thinking, you know, once both um, Rise of the Resistance was open on both parks, I honestly thought it was going to be time, you know, right after that, that he was going to step down. So kind of not shocked or surprised. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Jason? I think the biggest shock for me was just that Shapek was was considered for the the you know runner up in a sense or for you know take over the spot of Iger. Um, I'm not really familiar with Shapek and his his leadership sensibilities of things within the parks. I know he's heavily influenced by IP and merchandise. Um, things I've heard potentially as some of the failures of Galaxy's Edge was because he took away on the financial side of things when he took over, when they actually combined and created that the, the merchandise group that he ran, that all the shows we were going to have, all the, you know, the, the stunt spectaculars, quote-unquote, we could have potentially would have had, um, were taken out of the budget, and instead they brought more merchandise in. So it was kind of a concern, because, you know, like, for instance, like with Epcot, it's one of my favorite parks, and I'm okay with IPs being in there, I think it helps to bring people and immerse them into the park, uh, give them some familiarity and uh, a sense of nostalgia too with it. But within the Disney fandom, a lot of people don't like the fact that there's all this IP now at Epcot. 
and it's not going to stop anytime soon. I mean, once Frozen came in, like that was the very beginnings of it. And you know, we have rumors of Coco taking over Mexico, and you know, etc. We got Remy's coming in, uh, which opens up soon, which I can't wait for that. We got the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't know if this is a temporary change. I, there's a couple different people that I've seen within Disney um, that I've seen influence currently. Uh, Josh DeMarco just came over from Disneyland uh, to now as the president of Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And he's in the parks. Like I saw him the other day just walking down Main Street talking to guests. And then I, next thing I know, I see on Twitter, people are taking selfies with him over at Epcot. So he's he's like the, the people's president, mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know, in a sense. Like he's out there in the parks and talking with the guests and stuff. Um where it seems like like Chapek is more behind the scenes in a sense. I haven't really heard of anything really of him being out in the parks or being involved with people. Like Bob Iger, Galaxy's Edge, when the like Raz Resistance opened up for you guys, I saw pictures on the internet of him, you know, taking pictures with kids and you know talking with you know whatever and, and being a part of holding the line sign like you know type of stuff. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm all about like for me. I, I'm very patient with things and change. I love change. So for me, I'm like, let's just wait and see what happens. But just the irony of all this stuff that's happened since this whole change of uh, leadership has happened. Like, we didn't bring up the fact that our people mover had an accident the other day. One of the trains rear-ended another one, and they had to evacuate the ride. And that was on Friday, which was, I guess, the day, maybe the same day or the day after the Jungle Cruise incident happened. And then there was a heavy police presence over at the uh, Yacht Club Resort. I guess there's somebody had called in about some guy had a gun on him or something like that, which ended up being a false report or potentially something like that. There was never a, a follow-through from Disney's side of things. Um, but, but things have gone down, and it's just kind of interesting to, I don't know, just kind of see. I just don't want to see an overload of merchandise. I think Disney's still trying to catch up from all the small shops and stuff out there on Etsy. With all this new merch, the new ears, the new everything else you can think of under the sun, that they're like, hey, we can take this and make this into merchandise. And I think that's really Shapex's big thing. You know, looking at his background, at one time he worked for Heinz as brand management. Um, you know, he's going through, he's, he's been with Disney since 93, worked with Buena Vista Home Entertainment. You know, he's got a lot of stuff that has to do with marketing and advertising. Yeah. I just don't, I haven't seen anything really with him having anything to do with leadership, which. Yeah is huge when you have this gigantic conglomerate that we have. Bob Iger, to me, was the ultimate leader and uh, might be a, a left curveball if we see him uh, running for president for this this round. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually a conversation my brother and I had over the last couple of days. And, y- you know, when something like this happens so abruptly, you always wonder what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And... Bob Iger has actually been trying to leave this role for some time. Back in yeah. 2018, uh, 2018 was actually the end of his original contract. And then he got mm-hmm. extended through 2019. And back then, there was some speculation about who would take over when Bob Iger stepped down. And Tom Sags was the the person that was really uh, being groomed to take that spot. But when it became... Yep iffy if he was actually going to take over he decided to leave his position which kind of left disney uh without uh an apparent you know ceo after bob Iger was going to leave so they extended his contract again through 2021 It, it was at that moment where i think i mean several things could be happening right at, at this moment 
somehow the board could have gotten together and at the last call they they could have said look we have all these things going on you just launched disney plus we're in a position where we could actually make a dent in the in the streaming services we need to just stay on again and he said nope i'm out and so maybe this mm-hmm. was his way of saying no we need to pass on the reins and it, it, it's funny because i always joke with people that when something like this happens the easiest way to get over the pain is to rip the band-aid right off right and maybe this mm-hmm. was bob Iger's way of ripping the band-aid off and telling the board nope i'm done you know i've been done since 2018 so that could be it my brother speculated that it could be because he's getting ready for a presidential run maybe he could be a write-in but i think it's too late for that you know it's difficult to say but what's not difficult to say is what Bob Iger has obviously brought into the company, you know, in during his mm-hmm. tenure. In 2006, he acquired Pixar for $7.4 billion. Uh, in 2009, he acquired Marvel for about $4 billion. 2012, he got Lucasfilm for $4 billion. And then last year he basically changed the face of Hollywood by acquiring the film and TV assets from 21st Century Fox for $71 billion. You know, when you look at the entire Disney portfolio, they're now the second largest entertainment company measured by market capital only behind AT&T. You know, that's how huge Disney is Mm. right now. So in the time that Bob Iger... Uh, I think I was listening to this, and you suggested a really good um, podcast that I had a chance to listen to where Bob Iger was interviewed by Tim Ferriss. And I was listening to that, and I realized after Tim Ferriss stated it that Disney essentially grew five times its worth in the time that Bob Iger ran the company. That's an amazing thing for a CEO to do, especially when he wasn't the founder of the company. Right. He's he's been the sixth CEO to run the company, you know, so that's an amazing accomplishment in itself. So back to this whole Disney Plus thing, you know, we we became what are called cord cutters a couple of years ago, Um, and we've been super happy with that. We don't subscribe to cable, don't subscribe to satellite. We do have internet, and then we just kind of subscribe to the different services that we want to use, like Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Netflix. Um, obviously, we get Amazon movies bec- or Amazon because of our Amazon Prime subscription. That cord-cutting strategy, I think, is what a lot of these over-the-top content providers are really banking on as the future of television and media. And of course, with Disney Plus entering the spectrum, it's a new venture that Disney hasn't truly been familiar with. And one of the people that was leading that strategy, um, we'll talk about him in, in a moment uh, and, and why he's super important to everything that's happening. You know, this, this strategy of direct-to-consumer, uh, like TV and film, I think is really the the future of how Disney's going to distribute all media going forward. And we've, we're kind of seeing that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The person that I or, or that many people thought was actually going to succeed Bob Iger is Kevin Mayer. Kevin Mayer is currently the chairman of Disney's direct-to-consumer and international division. 
And Kevin Mayer was actually instrumental in making Disney Plus happen. And because the fact that Disney is highly concentrating on like really getting into the streaming wars, a lot of people thought that he was going to take over as CEO when Bob Iger stepped down. And so the shock mm -hmm. of bringing Bob Chapek in kind of caught a lot of people off guard. Mel, I think you've officially said yes here, Cord Cutter. Jason, have you guys actually made that leap yet? I haven't had cable in probably over a decade. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. But, yeah. So you subscribe to the different nice. services as well? Yeah, so for just for the longest time before working at Disney, and you know, I were, even since working there, I'm not ever home. So when I'm in my studio, I'm either listening to music or podcasts or something like that. So for me, TV has just never been a expense I wanted to pay for. Even when I had kids, like we were watching public television, watching Teletubbies and stuff, you know, and like taking full advantage of the free TV um, or DVDs, you know, whatever. But, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of laugh, though, because if you think about the amount of money that we spend on the monthly services, it's pretty much we're paying for cable. <laughs> But we have, yeah. you know, we ha we have the options that we want to have, you know, instead of. But at the same time, I mean, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but you know, I go through Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Plus and Disney and everything else, and I'm like, what in the hell am I going to watch? Yeah. So I put on a 15 minute something <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I watch more. You, I I used to not want to ever watch YouTube because I would get so distracted. And next thing I know, I'm like three hours into watching cat videos. <laughs> but you know, you know yeah. but but now it's like there's, I, I love the short cut 15 minute episode informational things I get on YouTube instead of getting sucked into whatever I get on you know whatever because still I mean Disney's like Disney Plus is constantly releasing new stuff mm -hmm. and you know it's I want to watch it but then I just I just can't make a damn decision yeah what's that word there's that overload you know and you go to a marketplace and there's like 14 different toothpastes and it's like, I can't choose what toothpaste I want. So you don't end up not buying it. That's funny. You know, that actually happened to me last night. I was sitting there <laughs> trying to figure out what I wanted to watch. And ultimately I thought, Oh kids, let me show you this cool thing on YouTube. And then it just turned into watching YouTube videos because I sat there for <laughs> a good 10 minutes going through Hulu and I thought, there's all these shows that I've started that I play in the background while I'm working that I don't want to keep watching. So don't mm. want to do the Goldbergs. Don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. Okay, let me go to Disney+. Plus. Nah, nah, nah. And there's certain things that when I watch, I want to pay attention to them. But I know that if yep. I'm tired, mm -hmm. I'm going to end up falling asleep. And like you said, I end up going back to YouTube. So, yeah, I mean, there's tons of things that I'm subscribed to and sometimes things that just randomly pop up. <laughs> and I, I don't think I'm ever going to sit there and watch 10 minutes of cat videos because I'm not a cat person. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of cats. But, I mean, there's tons of other stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Philip DeFranco. I'm a big fan of Good Mythical Morning. You know, so Rhett and Link, uh, I think, have a really great business model and entrepreneurial style that I that I admire. So, I mean, anyway, we're going off on a tangent yeah. here. The point is that, yes, this is the world we're living in, and it's only going to get worse because, uh, you know, we have Peacock coming up for NBC, HBO oh, Go. Yeah. You know, there's so many services that are splitting off that, yes, we are going to run into a point where it's possibly going to be even more expensive than if you just had a cable subscription, right? And yeah. I, I think you have to be super choosy to make sure that that doesn't happen. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. So 
So Kevin Mayer, right? Everybody thought that he was going to be Iger's successor. So again, it was pretty jarring for a lot of people to know that uh, Bob Chapek was taking over. Uh, Bob Chapek has actually been around for about 27 years with the Disney company. And like you were talking about earlier, uh, Jason, he has worked with the distribution, you know, it's but that's kind of where he's most known for making the biggest impact because are you guys familiar with a little something called the Disney Vault? Mm-hmm. That was Bob Chapek's baby. Okay. So if nice. you've ever wondered okay. where the concept of the Disney Vault came from, it was Chapek that came up with that. And so while he was dealing with the distribution for theatrical and you know home entertainment, digital releases, and all that stuff, uh, he was a big part also in making sure that the distribution deals for like iTunes were in place properly so that everybody kind of benefited from it. So the reason that you were able to get those little iTunes codes inside of your DVDs and watch it, you know, on your iPhone or iPod at the time, uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, Bob Chapek leading the the herd with that. Uh, obviously, a, a lot of us know Bob Chapek uh, because of the D23 Expo, because the last thing that he was really doing before he became CEO was he was chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products. And, you know, we've always seen him talking about some of the new things that are coming to the parks. He was there when Shanghai Disney opened. He was there, obviously, like you talked about, for the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Um, he was a big part of the reason that uh, the Tower of Terror here in, at California Adventure was changed over to Mission Breakout. And like you said, Jason, this is just going to keep happening. Disney is all about using their IPs to its fullest potential. And so this isn't something that's going to stop anytime soon. One parallel that I've seen, and I, and I feel like this is going to be really where we should concentrate on seeing what happens with Bob Chapek over the next five years, is the parallel between Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Because when Steve Jobs passed away, he kind of already had this vision for Apple over the course of like five to eight years or something like that. And he left this roadmap for Tim Cook to follow. And so I feel that Bob Iger has one because of the growth of the Disney company, he's kind of cemented that Disney is in a very, very strong place right now. And so he is essentially just providing Bob Chapek with a company that he has to make sure is well handled for the next five to 10 years. And that's when we're going to start to see some of the big changes that Bob Chapek will begin to implement. I like the way you put that. I honestly, I'm not too familiar with so much that's happening. So that gave me a, like a good idea of what is happening and yeah, I I learned a little bit more. Um, I know I wasn't talking much, but I got to learn just more about Chapek than I knew before this talk that we're having. Yeah, yeah. I th- I th- I think my biggest concern is like I understand what you're saying. Like Dis- Disney is his vehicle, and now we have a new driver behind the wheel in a sense to ke- help keep it on the road. But my concern right now is that there's so like at least with us right now on this side of the world, there's so many changes that are happening right now. I mean, like Epcot is a park of walls right now. I mean, literally. Like Spaceship Earth is shut down, shuts down May 25th, I think, or May 26th, for two 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 and a half years of renovation. Right. 
the icon of this park, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see what these changes are happening. If potentially he's going to get in the way, where kind of the way, like the like the way people have talked about him getting in the way of Galaxy's Edge. Um, but I don't know. I, it's it like you know for me again. I like to sit back and just like watch the cars unfold. You know, I I look at some some concepts that of like you're talking about with the Guardians of the Galaxy being incorporated at the Tower of Terror. The Disney people, fans wise, lost their minds because they're getting rid of the Tower right. of Terror, and then they lost their minds because they realized how amazing this mm-hmm. update was. Again, it's yep. either too hot or too cold. There's no you know Goldilocks zone for anybody in the Disney world. So it's just again. People are going to complain and complain and complain, and then when things are good, everybody's going to cheer and be joyous and celebrate and wear their ears and have churros and spend thirty dollars on a beer, you know, <laughs> and not complain right. about it. I just, I, I just kind of want to see what happens. I just again don't want him to get in the way and being like, okay, now I'm the big cheese. Let me, just, let me sit back and uh, tell Mickey yeah. what to do. In a sense. Well, you know, if, if there's any solace that I can give you as far as that concerned, and, and I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I see things from the outsider's perspective because I love Disney, but I'm not a cast member. But because I see things from the outsider's perspective, um, I, I feel, first of all, Bob Iger isn't leaving, right? And and that's, I think, yeah. one of the biggest things that's happening here, that he didn't just step down or he wasn't taken out of his position. He's actually just taking a step back from the day-to-day of running the Disney company. And he's basically going to serve as an executive chairman. Almost like a mentor sense. Exactly. That's the perfect way to say it. So technically, Bob Iger is still Bob Chapek's boss until the end of 2021 when Bob Iger finally goes away. So if in this transition period something doesn't work out, the board can just say, hey, he's not our guy. You know, let's get somebody else in there. Yeah, and I, th- and I think by you putting it putting it that way, it makes me feel better in a sense because it feels like right now uh, Chipik has the training wheels on and he's wearing his helmet and he's learning how to pedal this bike properly and how to steer it and control it with the guidance right. of Iger so that with the one day where the training wheels can come off and he can, you know, be free to ride his bike on his own, he'll have the tools that he'll, you know, he can put in front of him unless you know, Iger's going to hold his hand and, and slap him and say, no, you can't have this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then in 2021, they bring somebody else up to be the CEO. Yeah. I mean, we've seen <laughs> companies know. do that before. But Who knows? As long, I feel that as long as Bob Chapek is perceptive to how Bob Iger has overseen the mm-hmm. day-to-day of the Disney company, uh, I think he's going to do fine. You know, I think, uh, like you said, I think a lot of people are scared of the transition because of the fact that they know him as the guy that cut this, the guy that cut that. But I hate to break it to you, to everybody, but have you ever stopped to think that a lot of those initiatives came from Bob Iger and Bob Chapek was just executing what Bob Iger wanted to ensure that there was money to funnel for this and for this and for that? And it's interesting that you bring that up because I was actually, I've, I've been like just digging through the interwebs trying to find like the rumors out there of why Iger stepped down so abruptly. <clears throat> and one thing I found was that recently at one of the uh, the boards, and this is, this is again a rumor coming from another rumor mill within Disney, uh, a Disney executive, I guess, you know, said something about this out there. Um, but I guess they had a meeting where they were trying to uh, move forward with Avatar because it's taken James Cameron forever to get these movies done. And with our Avatar land, the way it's been so successful, they want to expand this. They have an expansion pad already set up for it. 
And the rumor was that Iger was trying to get Disney to drop like a billion dollars or something like that into this franchise and was told no and was in a sense because and was told that he was being soft, quote unquote, because him and James Cameron are friends. And so he was like kind of cheerleading for this this money through Disney to fund this Avatar project. And uh, Chapek and, and James Cameron are not friends. So they said, you need to just step down the board, force the issue. And then brought Chapek up because Chapek isn't as soft. That, hmm. you know, that's the rumor. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Whenever I happen to run into rumors like that, I always wonder, you know, what the validity is, obviously. Rumors, until somebody confirms them or there's hard evidence, uh, it, it, it sounds plausible. I'm not going to say that, obviously, that's the reason why he stepped down. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting theory, you know. Yeah, that's but what I said too. I, I don't know. I just feel like there, there's like we said, there's so much that could be in play here as to why the actual transition happened. But with right. him wanting to step down three other times, it could have been something totally different. Like it could have been the complete yeah. inverse, and they were saying, "Hey, look, we want you to lead these other expansions going forward," and knowing how much an expansion takes or how long and what goes into it maybe he knew that if he took these projects on that he wasn't going to be able to step down in 2021 and he didn't want to do that you know with overseeing everything that's going to be happening at disneyland now with the opening of avengers campus all the changes that are happening at epcot for its anniversary that's coming up uh maybe that's where he wants to end it you know, he, want, he wants to leave his legacy and leave out on top versus having to get into something and then having to leave in the middle of it or having to stay on for another five or six years to see it all the way through. You know, he's he's getting up there. I mean, he's he's in his 60s, right? Like early 60s, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, after 47 years at a company, I mean, dude deserves a break. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't yeah, and I, I agree. I, I just I like being uh, playing devil's advocate in a sense at times with things, because I I personally feel my opinion wise and how I feel in my heart is that what's happening is a good thing. Like you're saying, he's on top. The balls are already rolling. Now he can step back and with some guidance help JPEG step into this next evolution of what's going to become Disney. You know, we got the 50th anniversary. We got the, you know all this uh, the 40th for Epcot. There's a there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, we have potential expansions in Hollywood Studios happening, and there's rumors of a fifth park opening up one day here because Disney's bought all this new land and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we've got the gondola system, the Skyliner right now, that's incredible, even though we've had some issues with it, you know, when it first opened and things have happened. And, you know, there's a lot of positives that have happened here in, in the infrastructure sense as well. And I think we're in a good place. Yeah. You know, really. You know, I yeah. think what you know the saving grace that Chapek could potentially could do for himself is to figure out a way to get Rise of Resistance to uh, be more efficient in a sense with the boarding passes, so that people that are spending uh, ten thousand dollars for a week at Disney can actually get a chance to go on and experience this attraction instead of flipping a coin and uh, hoping that they can, uh, you know, wish get for a the boarding best. Pass. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we've had official word on this yet, but I almost feel like boarding pass is just uh, it's it's a temporary thing. I don't feel like it's going to last because, like you said, that's the biggest problem with it. One of the mm-hmm. biggest things that scares me about 
going to the park just for the opportunity to open the app and possibly get a boarding pass for Rise, I don't want to drive 45 miles out to be told no, you know, yeah. or to not get a boarding pass. Yes, I understand I'm at Disneyland and I can, you know, enjoy the rest of my day and just hang out. Uh, I love to people watch, but... You know, with with my current situation, with all the things that I'm building out outside of the podcast and all the things I'm working on, I don't have the time. You know, I, I hate to say it like that, but uh, I want to make sure that all of this other stuff gets done before I can go back to enjoying the park the way that I like to enjoy the park. And that that's kind of where I am right now. You know, I'm, I'm making a lot of changes. Personally, I'm, I'm making a lot of changes that are going to benefit my wife and my boys, you know, in the future. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've said it before. I love Disney, but my family comes first. Yeah. And if I'm going to drive down, yeah. you know, for an hour and, you know, be told no that I can't, that's basically two and a half hours to three hours out of my day that I'm losing on working on these other things to be told no. Yeah, no, yeah, and I, and I totally agree. And I think that's what the difference is between like with you guys at Disneyland and us here, is that you know you guys have like three million annual pass holders or something like that for that park, mm -hmm. so you can have the luxury to say, okay, I didn't get my boarding pass, I can go home now. Where people that come here are here, and the problem that they're having at Hollywood Studios, for instance, is that you have like thirty thousand people that show up at six a.m. to get a boarding pass, only maybe. 100% of that, not even that, you know, like a, such a small percentage of these people are getting on this ride and the rest mm -hmm. of them are in the park at rope drop. So the best time to go to the park is right before it closes when all those people are gone. You know, you're having rides now like Slinky Dog Dash and Millennium Falcon that have like three hour waits at first thing in the morning because of this gigantic influx of people that are praying that they could potentially get on this ride. And now we've got Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway about to open up. Like I'm actually looking at the countdown. It's in uh, two days, nine hours, 42 minutes, and 10 seconds. Wow. As of this recording. And, but they have FastPass Plus for it. We have the, you know, the FastPass here. And I kind of wonder with this ride, it's obviously not as big of a thing as, say, Rise of Resistance, but experimentation-wise on how to do crowd control this might be another way for them to figure out how they can make this work. Because from what I understand, the boarding pass thing started here at Magic Kingdom with Dumbo and the virtual queue concept of going in there, getting your name on a list, and then they call you and send you a text when it's your time to come ride the ride. Mm -hmm. And I know Disney's known for doing these tests within the parks. Like they have this, we have this pirate treasure hunt thing that you can go on this merry quest through Adventureland and find fun things. And eventually, if you do it three times, you get a fast pass to go on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So instead of standing in line for an hour, you go around, do these little things, you get a cool map, you get some fun things, you might get wet, you might get startled from a thing popping up. Um, <laughs> but it was yeah. Disney's way of testing other ways of having a fast pass. And they had talked about with Galaxy's Edge with all these things that they can do on the app, of that being a way that you go around and you do all these things on your app and unlock locks and turn off the cameras and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually you can win or afford of somehow getting a fast pass to go on to smugglers run or rise of resistance of something of that nature you know and i know that they're doing the same thing with the, the with the new hotel opening up with us too when you stay at the hotel it begins your adventure and then you come into the park and you continue your adventure in the park so i'm, I'm going to be curious to see if they start to incorporate some ideas because like you're saying i don't think this boarding thing is going to last forever i might wait in line for two and a half hours for the rise of resistance if i have to why not the mm -hmm. queue looks amazing they say it's the ride Great. starts in the queue 
Yeah. And that's the thing, right? I think as park goers, and it's not Disney necessarily. It doesn't matter what theme park you go to. Part of the experience is standing in a line for some undetermined amount of time. And things like Fast Pass or Max Pass have obviously... Or, or at Magic Kingdom, having like a magic band where you can just, you know, pre-schedule your day and just being able to go on the attraction whenever you've pre-scheduled it. Things like that have obviously made the experience a lot better over time. But something like the boarding pass is very restrictive because if you're a family that's coming, you know, from let's say Australia, obviously, if you're not there at rope drop and don't know about the whole boarding pass scenario, you may not ever get on this. And if that was the only thing you were coming to ride, you're going to be super upset that you weren't on that attraction, right? So I really do think um, that in its current iteration that the boarding pass won't last. I think they're going to have to modify it in such a way where they're going to need to have a split queue where a certain amount of people will be able to get a boarding pass and it's guaranteed just like a mass pass or fast pass. And then they're going to have a standby line and the people in standby are going to be told, look, you may not get on. You're risking not getting on because you didn't get this boarding pass. But There are, I mean, the way that it's currently set up, if somebody doesn't answer their boarding pass in a specific amount of time, I think it's like two hours, obviously they boot Mm -hmm. everybody up to a a closer Mm -hmm. boarding pass time. And if that's the case, why not just allow somebody that's in the standby line to go through? Yeah. You know, so... Do you know? Do you know what the capacity right now for your version is? Like, is it like eighty percent capacity? Like, is there many talking about? I that? don't know yet. Um, I I haven't yeah, researched that I enough right now, but because I know ours is around seventy percent, and it's still running, yeah. I which is I, I don't you know. know what it's at right now, but I don't think it's over eighty percent. If I have to speculate, I don't think it's over eighty percent right now. Yeah, because I guess there's like three sets of tracks or something like that within the ride, and only two right now. I think from what I've heard are running here. So once they figure it out, because I know like you guys got delayed because of some technical issues within the foundation of the of the floor that they learned here. So they had to go back to yours and like rip up the floors and redo laying wires and all kind of crap. So, you know, it's a whole new thing. Like with Hagrid's, like when that opened up, they had six hour waits for weeks and then the ride wouldn't even open sometimes until two in the afternoon. So. It's it's just it's interesting how this whole thing works. You know, you have these new rides, new technology. And by the way, Hagrid's is incredible. Is it? I got to ride it about two months ago. Yeah, That's it's awesome. We got to ride it at night too, and it was just it's phenomenal. Yeah, for a cool roller coaster, it's it's rad. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious to really see. I think it, I, with Bob Chapek, he seems like he's more on the edge of technology and evolving as things evolve. Um, you know, not not a sit back and wait for things to happen and and follow the lead. Their Disney's always been take the lead and have other follow. You know, they maybe were a little bit more conservative in the last ten years or so. Except then you get into like Disney Plus and stuff, which is a new thing for us. But I I think really if, if Chapek can continue doing what he's been doing with inventing or, or even evolving um, and changing things or trying new things, and if they don't work, you know, pivot when you need to pivot. It's it's gonna work, yeah. You know, and I think this rise of this res- rise of resistance conversation we're having is a good example of. It's not just us talking about this. It's the thousands and thousands of people out there that have either experienced the ride or 
were turned away and didn't get to experience the ride that are having this conversation. Like, what can Disney do to make this a better experience? Right. And that's really what yeah. I think is going to be concentrated on by by everyone. Um, you know, the last 15 years have obviously seen Disney become this juggernaut in the media industry. And the biggest reason for that is because Bob Iger has always been a risk taker. You know, that's how mm. he's led the company. And I... I don't think that Bob Chapek is that type of person. Obviously, I could be wrong. I, I don't know about his leadership. I can only speak to the stuff that I know about him and the things that he's done with the Disney company. But the things that he's done have always come down as uh, something from Iger for him to do, right? And right, because yeah. of that, it, because of, like I said, this roadmap that, one, over the next 14 months, we're going to see Bob Iger essentially lead Bob Chapek through becoming the CEO of the Disney company. And after that, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of plans in place uh, where he's basically just going to have to see them through before we begin to see some of the biggest changes that are going to be coming from Chapek himself. And as far as this new media venture that Disney has has jumped into in the world of Disney Plus, uh, as long as Kevin Mayer doesn't leave, they're going to be just fine because Kevin Mayer knows what he's doing. Like he's been doing this for a, a while. You know, he's going to be able to lead and and take the foundation of Disney Plus and just grow that. Uh, so w I think you're right, though. I think what we will see is just an influx of IPs coming into more of the parks, potentially that other park that could be opening up at Walt Disney World. But I, I don't think we're going to see these groundbreaking changes in the next decade from Disney because I think they've already kind of built what they need to build uh if any if anything earth shattering happens it's going to be something like the simpsons are walking around epcot you know and all of a sudden these <laughs> yeah. different ips that people weren't used to seeing inside of disney parks are going to begin doing so and i think part of how the disney company has begun that transition is obviously with pixar which was the obvious choice now with avengers you know hopping in and seeing some of the avengers and guardians of the galaxy characters but one of the biggest changes we could see in the next decade is obviously those fox properties walking around inside of the parks yeah, if Chapek can somehow figure out how to how to null and void these contracts that they've had with Universal Studios, you know, the east of the, the Mississippi contracts, then that that'll happen here Absolutely. potentially. You know, it, there's there's lots of rumors behind the scenes of sunsetting the deals and them letting us go because we let them buy sky uh, the sky uh, thingy over there in the Europe's version right. of Netflix. You know, some things that were going on behind the scenes. So. Potentially, you know, I think that could be a big thing. I think with Chapek, he's just all about taking things that already exist and putting them in action. Where it's, it'll be telling if Disney can get their stuff together, very similar to how the Oriental Land Company did, and create these new, unique rides that are that are Disney, not necessarily Disney IP, but that are Disney new, like the Haunted Mansion or right. whatever. You know, that's not right, IP right. based. Mm -hmm. That's that's yeah. what we need. And that'll, that'll tell the story of what the future of Disney is. And I know Gavin would be totally on board with that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. 
All right, well, now we want to hear from all of you. Obviously, this was big news in the Disney community over the last week. Uh, unfortunately, when we recorded last week's episode, uh, it happened right after we had recorded the episode, so we couldn't talk about it then. But, you know, join the conversation. Tell us how you feel about this transition and share some of your thoughts about what you feel we may be in for, how you feel about it in general. Uh, just join us over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. And we can share your comments about that in an upcoming episode. Uh, before we end the podcast, obviously, I do want to take a moment to thank a wonderful group of folks that helped make these episodes of Podcasters happen, and that is the FGP Squad. If you're new to the podcast, the FGP Squad is an awesome group of people, listeners just like you, that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. And if you want more information on how you can become one of those awesome people, head over to podcasters.com slash FGP. There you'll find more info, a link to sign up. And uh, if you have any questions, of, of course, feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to answer any questions. Uh, you can get uh, some cool giveaways from it. We try to have additional content that we upload onto Patreon for you to listen to. Jason has been a part of, you know, those conversations in the past. Uh, also, Jason was a longtime member of the FGP squad as well and mm -hmm. obviously he supports us in every way that he can and we're very thankful for that support obviously Mel was one of the founding members of the FGP squad so uh, you know it, it's a wonderful community of people I've had a chance to hang out and interact with a lot of them I've become very good friends with a lot of people on the FGP squad and I'm very fortunate to have had that opportunity so again if you're interested in becoming a member head over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, I just want to send a huge thank you as always for your continued support. Jason, before we wrap up, uh, give a final plug for your podcast and also throw Julie's podcast out there. Yeah, so you can find us on all the uh, podcast apps and what have you. Uh, it's just our show is called FEI Disney. And just got to look up FEI Disney, uh, whether you go through Google or Spotify or whatever your things. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at FEI underscore Disney. And uh, what else? I uh, just recently uploaded. I have my uh, my umbrella company that's called Wise Guy Media uh, that hosts and produces my my personal podcast, which is now called uh, Glassblower's Companion. I've recently changed the name within the last year. Um, nice. But you can go to uh, wiseguymedia.com forward slash FEI Disney. And uh, other than that, we have a lot of fun. Uh, again, we st we have segmented of uh, the show. We do Disney history that we do it this day in Disney segment. Uh, we cover the food, the happenings, the news, and uh, just have a lot of fun. And you can uh, hear us uh, start the show off sober, and uh, sometimes end the show with uh, a sloshy <laughs> sound to our voice, <laughs> which is always fun. <laughs> yes. And let me just say that the uh, Glassblower's Companion podcast, even if you're not a glass artist, has a lot of entrepreneurial segments to it and a lot of advice that you can use if you're in the process of trying to build your own business or if you just have that entrepreneurial spirit. So like I said, even if you're not a glassblower, I recommend that you go take a listen because you could learn a, a lot about building your own business. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, because like this, I feel 2020 for businesses in general is a year for people to take take control of their businesses especially the financial side of things mm -hmm. and if whether you're an artist you know i I've, I've run with the whole concept of being an artistic entrepreneur 
And as artists, we have minimal overhead, so it's really easy to, to do your books and to keep things in track. So um, I do a series called The Wise Guy Minute, and they're 15-minute episodes, roughly. Uh, that's all business talk. And the first quarter this year, is my the series is called Getting Your Financial House in Order. And I did a first episode on creating a budget for your business and your personal life. Uh, the second one I just did was on uh, estimating your uh, cost of goods, what it costs to manufacture baseline costs. And uh, this one coming out this week is going to be on setting an emergency fund for yourself, a personal emergency fund and for your business. Because uh, as a glassblower, I know a lot of glassblowers that are uh, skate, they skateboard, which makes me, gives me a ton of anxiety watching these guys skate because their livelihood's in their hands and they fall and break an arm or something like that. Then what do you do if you don't have yeah. an emergency fund put aside? Yeah. So Absolutely. I definitely am out looking out for that. But I'm also this year really focusing on practicing what I preach as well because it's easier to, you know, to preach all day and then not follow your own advice. So this 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 is the year that I'm actually following my own advice. <laughs> right on. Nice. That's always good to hear. Giving advice in practice, I think, is one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Lead by example. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, if you're looking for a great way to do your books, look no further than the sponsor of this episode. Make sure to go to gofreshbooks.com slash podcasters. <laughs> and thank you to the sponsor of this episode. <laughs> Had to throw it out there one more time. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Jason, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. My pleasure. Until yeah. next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Happy 25th, Indy. Don't go on the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs>